0: And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you
1: free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the
0: host of Life After Addiction. That's it, Life After Addiction. I'm Adam Comer. Today, again, I have Ron Anderson. Hey, I'm here. Uh, we wanted to talk about the church and the church's response, and, and even just the, the, how they relate to this addiction recovery Um Field or this problem, this opioid epidemic. And because Mm -hmm. Ron has been in ministry and churches for 30 years, we thought, hey, let's let's let Ron speak to this because he's been on both sides of it. He's been on both sides. So, Ron, take us over, man. Take a lead us in. What what are we talking about? What do we mean when we say we want to talk to the church and that?
1: Yeah, first of all, you know, we talked on the other uh, session about my personal walk with addiction with regard to our family my family yeah and um having gone through that it does give us a unique perspective in uh how the church needs to look at addiction um everybody knows by now it's an epidemic it's it's out there it's you know uh the southern baptists addressed it in a resolution they put on the floor yeah i think last week it was last um, week that's right you know really acknowledging uh what's going on and and putting some, some thought to that, how they wanted to uh, uh, acknowledge and, and move forward with that as far as uh, being a help. And, you know, I, I came to you, uh, Adam, I, I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago. And, and what was on my heart with regard to addiction uh, recovery and this whole space is, is, you know, we talked about before. I was here three or four years ago whenever our family went through this. And then um, you know we did some business things and still doing some business things and but yet my heart was pulled back into uh, this area of uh, addiction recovery and what I felt when I was praying through this because you know there were some challenges as far as where I put my time you know it's it's just a challenge and 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 what I saw in in my prayer and through that is that the in the addiction space this is the next wave. Of I believe revival for the church. Mm. That, that the church needs to get ahead. Uh and that's why I was so so proud of the Southern Baptist bunch, you know, and, and addressing that in resolution and having conversation about it. Um and with that, with what the church is looking at and taking notice of it, there has to be some understanding and training inside the church with regard to how to help
0: yeah yeah and uh, to kind of add some clarity that that was uh the southern baptist convention their national meeting i believe they meet every two years and they voted on i want to and this uh, could be off but they voted on 14 resolutions uh just to address and and the opioid epidemic was one of them that's a big deal yeah that
1: that is a big deal uh, so you know what what I sense God moving in you know hanging around the guys is uh, and, and teaching and coaching and that kind of thing is is has always uh, been of something of great interest and call to me. So I enjoy doing that. I enjoy working with the guys and understanding that. You know, the enemy. One of the first things he takes away from uh, somebody that's addicted is he takes their future, and mm. just a lot of things inside of that get messed up. And then we got to really bring them back to the Bible when they come. And the main heavy lifter of our ministry is Christ. You know, Jesus. And and when they get when, when they're born again, old things passed away. Behold, things all things become new. They come into that place, and then teaching them the identity in Christ that they need to have. Yeah. And so the strong points inside of that, obviously getting their future back, and and all those are, are things are, are um, you know starting to happen. Those th- those are beautiful things to be able to walk through and teach. But the other side of that is having walk through being a parent, mm. uh, and you know just being in a place of of um, walking through enabling. And we've talked about that a lot. That seems to be a really popular word that, that you know it's been around. It's a good word. Um, from a standpoint to, to understand it inside the addiction recovery piece, um, and you know, enabling is is one of those things that it's we know we shouldn't do it as parents, but it's it's a lot easier to, to stand up and talk about it to where you know we know we're we're not to do it. Oh, I don't do that. I don't do this. Um, but then you know, when the you know junior comes in or the, your your child comes junior. in. <laughs> Well, and it may be a husband. So, but anyway, so to me, it was a junior, and uh, they come in, and they're, they're master manipulators. Yeah, I mean, they use all their skills uh, to just get what they can, uh, you know, so they can so they can go use again. Yeah, and so you have to understand that. So, so we talk about enabling, but then when the mom or dad has to really shut that down, I mean you know, say no and say, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. No, I'm, when they bring in the fear element where that, okay, there's a drug dealer after me and if I don't pay him and what, and all all of a sudden you give him that 20 or that 50 or whatever. And typically, most likely what happens with that is he goes, or she goes and uses again, right? Yeah. So you have to understand that piece as a parent. That's right. So what what we're wanting to do with, uh, the churches, uh, that we work with is to have them, uh, understand what it looks like as a parent, having gone through that and being able to minister to the parents, give something back. You know, a lot of our ministries, we're in a position often, and, and there's good things happening with us, but, but we're often in need. I mean, we've talked about it so much that the, you know, the addict doesn't save up for addiction recovery. And, and so, uh, when they come in the program, but because we don't take insurance here and and uh, we're we're not uh, you know connected with government programs often and and you know all these type of things, we don't have a lot of money in the past that has come
0: in from different places like that, and we understand the climate that's there. Yeah. So let me let me touch on that here. Yeah. I'll just here's how our program does fund, and and man, mm-hmm. we have ten full time staff members. We have a 20-bed facility, all of the insurances that are that you must have in order to run a facility, the food, the Feed 20 Guide. So a, a faith-based facility, you're going to want someone, want your child, want your relative, want your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife. The, the answer to this is Jesus, right? We know that. Sure. So we're going to definitely recommend, we're going to tell people, send them to a Christ-centered, not a faith-based, a Christ-centered, gospel-centered facility. Right. But, but to my point, so often because of the funding, which we we're just addressing, you know, it, it's it's they can't afford staff, they can't afford uh, the mm-hmm. things that are really necessary. And so, what, we've been blessed mm-hmm. to be a ministry over a decade in this field. Uh, It means you're going to make it. You know, if you hit the five-year mark, you're you're doing something. But we've been blessed to see strategies and things. And now, like I said, we have 10 staff members. And that costs money because we see the need. You've got to have 24-7 coverage. We don't send them to work. This is residential. They come to us three days ago. They were shooting heroin. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a cost to it and there's finances to it. And, man, it's just it, – it it's kind of a struggle, you know, because we partner with churches. This is where I was going. Sorry, I went off a little – how do we get our funds, right? That's where I was going from <laughs> earlier. Okay. We partner – churches partner with us mm-hmm. uh, that believe in us. That means they partner financially. They partner with sending people, small groups to lead, help lead these uh, Bible studies and stuff. Uh, we have private donors that, that give that – Uh, sometimes, uh, maybe majority of the time a family members come through our program and they believe in us so much Mm -hmm. and they're going to continue to give to us monthly. Uh, but we're also a private pay, uh, meaning that we have a charge for people to come into our program. Otherwise we wouldn't have a program. Um, our hope is to raise some sort of funds either through multiple to multiple partners or self-sufficient type income that we no longer have to charge that Mm -hmm. that's a that's a goal one day and we believe we can get there but Mm -hmm. but we're not going to sacrifice the quality of what we're doing and and the need to have these staff members and Mm -hmm. to do these things and the insurances we're not going to sacrifice that moving forward and and god's really revealed that to us that we're going to write areas that need to be Mm righted right so so that was that was kind of the answer that's how we get it but ron i think something that was interesting and i'm going to let you take over here but um but man, something that's so interesting when relating to the church and while it's such a big deal with the Southern Baptist, Baptist Convention, man, we we for so long, this space, addiction recovery or addiction in the church where you're supposed to come in and be open and Christ's freeing and, and really just in public, it was a shh, hush, hush, hush. Yeah, don't, sure. Don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. There's so much shame, so much guilt, not only for the one going through addiction, but their loved ones. Mm-hmm what are they going to think what are they going to see no one understands what does that mean about me what does that mean about my ministry it's been hush hush and so it's so awesome that the church is is you know resolving hey this is mm-hmm. an issue now what what does the church need now cuz they've made the resolution uh how can we help them being in this space for 10 years yeah over 10 years with the amount of experience that we've had and i'll tell you this man being in an addiction recovery ministry for 10 years it's probably worth 40 years of experience, with the amount of stuff we see. <laughs> probably. You look, you look older. You look 40 years older. Uh,
1: you're, you're a good man for a face for radio or for a podcast.
0: I do have a radio face. I've been told that.
1: <laughs> well, and you know what's happening today, Adam? It's not only the, the guys that are making, you know, just uh, bad decisions as they're younger. Uh, it's also guys that, uh, that are having surgeries. Yeah, uh, you know, just soccer moms. You know, yeah, just just coming. I mean, that, that's part of the epidemic. Obviously, is yeah. just folks that never thought that they'd be caught up in something like this, and were prescribed, and it's all of a sudden. I mean, we've had professionals, uh, oh, yeah. several professionals, right. come through, and we have them now. Uh, so it's not just the guys that just made. You know, I'm trying to get high. You know, my younger years, and it gets out of hand. Obviously, we have that. We have that as well, but. It's folks that are business, and all of a sudden, a surgery has caused them to to go too far with the with pay meds, and and all of a sudden, there's a hook. Yeah, and so we we see that uh, here as well. Yeah, but you know, of course, my thing is, I really want to try to help educate the, you know, the church on on these things, and not only not only just give them the information because. There's there's a dynamic of how to unpack it, how, how to walk it out as well, and having doing that in community. You know, doing that with a group of people that understand it's hard to tell. Uh, I could call them junior, but it's hard to tell that young one, that person, the, the husband, wife, or whatever it may be. Uh, of course, it's men for us. It's hard to tell them no. Yeah. It's hard to tell them, I'm done. I'm not going to give you anymore. I'm not going to help anymore. If you're going to make these decisions uh, and you're not going to play by the rules of the house, Then, then, then I'm done with this thing. And it's a lot easier to say it and act like you're tough when you talk to your friends and people at church. Yeah. But then when it, when, when it happens and they know what to say to get to your heart. Yeah. And so you need a support group, if you will. In the church, we don't necessarily like words like that support group, but you know, that, and that's what the church is to be. And, and this is a different dynamic that we, we, we don't know what to do with in the church by and large. And and we that have experienced it and seen it multiple times and me personally living it, it really gives you insight um, as to how to help, how yeah. to be a help and a blessing to the church and an answer to a lot of those parents that are struggling.
0: Yeah. So one thing I want you to talk about, we've developed since it's it, you've come along, we've, we've really kind of put some wheels on, uh, putting together a package. We've had a trial run at a church, not even trial run, but our first one just to see what kinks we need to work out. But we've developed a, a resource for the church, uh, and it's something called Nights of Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, we've met with some pastors, a pastor. We've done, you know, these things. We've, we've got a plan in place. We have a, a good strategy. Talk talk to us, tell the listener, just because, hey, I might be, that might be a mom listening or a father listening or maybe a parishioner, parishioner, a churchgoer, a pastor, someone who works for a, a good word. It's a real good word. Parishana, you don't even know what that means. Parishioner. Uh, <laughs> And they might listen. to me Like, man, you know what? I'll, I'll, that nights of hope needs to be here. And so our strategies to go. Well, tell us what's nights of hope. What, yeah. what is an S two l recovery night of hope? Well, it, it's actually a, a work in progress.
1: Uh, you know, as we've it was on our hearts. I mean, I, I don't know who actually said it first among our executive staff. And been talking about that, and that really doesn't matter. But it, but it just felt so good and felt right that we would be able to go into communities and be able to. Um, with students help those guys be able to tell their story uh a pastor talk about you know how to deal with this and and us be available for uh the people that will come and also come into uh further into that church and and help them uh deal with that the people in the church would be able to deal with that so our our idea was to come to you in that community um, and we even have a, I don't know, that, that thing's huge. It's like, you know, no, I don't know if anybody wants to do a tent anymore, Yeah. but it's huge. Uh, but we're mostly going to the churches right now, but yeah. we're not
0: opposed we to. We have a, a pastor who's believes yeah. in us, His pastored with us. Is that pl- a pastor of Pleasant View Baptist Church? Yeah. His name's Jeff. Got to call uh, him out, man. He's uh, such a hard. He's really helping us out with this. Yeah. And he's also willing to allow us to use uh, this 150-person tent. Um, and, and we're thinking that the next one that we'll do will be in a, in a county to where there's a, a lot of different churches that we're going to get involved mm-hmm. and go to the the county community center that you know holds you know however many people, 300, or 500 people, yeah. uh, and do it to where it's a multi-church thing for mm-hmm. the community because we're going to give resources. I mean, Ron's going to stand up there and, and tell the parents, hey, this boundary needs to be in place. Uh, this type of thing, it's okay to say this. It's okay to be here. Uh, so we're gonna give practical things. We're gonna give statistics, mm-hmm. we're gonna give uh really just the, the message of hope for the church and, and why the gospel it's easy to say Christ who the Sun sets free is free indeed and the gospel is chain breaking, but we really break that down and to answer the mm-hmm. question why and why it's not a disease and why it's a heart issue and and what that looks like. So mm-hmm. it's really a good resource. And not only community centers, but we're we're the the strategies to go into individual churches.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, what's good there as well is if you have a heart for that ministry, it's not something that, it, you know, what has been beneficial in in this space is guys that, that's actually gone through addiction. But you don't necessarily have to go through addiction, and, you know, obviously in order to be a counselor or to be, you know, to know some things about that to where and be trained. and And if you have a heart for that and you want to know, some of the ins and outs of that and kind of, you know, get up to speed on what it takes to really help somebody. Maybe you want to further your, your, your counseling abilities or whatever, and, you know, return to school or, 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 or just expand on that. Uh, We would love to, to educate you in this, in this space. And it may be a calling that, uh, you know, we would want it to be a calling because absolutely the guys that are on staff here, uh, this is a calling for us. I mean, it's just something that we would do if if you know, if you know, if there was no money involved at all, and sometimes there's not. Yeah. But, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but but it's a calling for these men and they have a passion for for what they do and we need more workers. We need more help. Um, now we've got a good group ourselves, but by and large the church People inside the church to understand addiction, to understand parents and their challenge, and to pray with them. He's talking about Jeff, and I just want to give a little bit more shout out to Jeff there at Pleasant View. Um, He, I I think, I personally believe that Jeff is one of the churches that we attend on Wednesday nights and some Sundays. And 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 I believe one of the things, the strong things about Spring to Life is the undergirding of uh, Pleasant View Church. They have such a heart. It's such an awesome thing for a church to kind of uh, adopt, if you will, in prayer. Not just finances; now they've helped financially, and they, they're they're willing to help and et cetera, et cetera, with that. And that's cool. But they have adopted almost our ministry to where that that the, they pray for our guys. They embrace them. They in that way, and and you know, prayer changes things. And so Jeff heads that up. He has such a passion for our guys. And if we just can't put a value on what that means for churches and communities to get on board with us in the place of prayer. Yeah. I mean, it's strong. It's yeah. really, really stout. We won't know just how stout that was, uh, you know, until probably the afterlife, but it's really, we really uh, owe a, a lot of debt to, uh, to Jeff and, and Pleasant View Church uh, give him a good shout out he's supposed to pay me later I think yeah, no, yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely and and I, I again there's there's churches there's great churches locally and and pretty far away that support us and yeah that's right and um, and so I mean, it, it's supporting us in different ways. Like we have LifePoint Church in Smyrna, yeah, financially. But they also send guys yeah. from their church That's to right. come and teach. We have like the Experience Church in Murfreesboro. Yep, they've been
1: really good to us. Oh
0: man, they they incredible with just uh, the willingness to see who they can send out to teach. The financial yeah. uh, commitment, and there's just so many churches. Uh, we'd be we'd we started we're, well. We have these guys. These guys are regular. I mean, yeah, these, these guys are, are regular. We are people one. who partner with us. Yeah. and just I mean, if
1: I could say a one off, we have those that's kind of a crude way to put that but we have other churches that have given over the years yeah the refuge church is involved in smyrna with yeah. us uh, yeah. we were just there the other night uh at a men's event and they really blessed our guys that are there sending financial help to us and so you know there's yeah. a lot of folks that will do that and if, if that's what you're called to do that's great Calvary Baptist church yeah. in
0: Knoxville I mean yeah. there's just so many awesome churches yeah uh, that are just just committed and, and if we didn't have that if we didn't have that the the obviously the, this is the Lord's ministry and if it's time to go that won't there's nothing that can keep it going but if there's nothing that's going to shut us down either so right. obviously it's right. the Lord's uh, but we see it from budgets and things like that if yep. these partners weren't in place we wouldn't have a ministry yep. you know we what, couldn't keep the lights on that's up. right well you know what what a place
1: that I wanted to talk about before our session ended here was you know, a, a place where we, we can help a local church. And and if I would, a lot of churches have started the small groups. That started several years ago. Uh, you call it a lot of different things maybe, but the small group came into play. And if, if I were a pastor of a, a you know, a, a sizable church that had small groups, I would probably have one of my small, small groups would deal with, you know, it wouldn't, you know, you can call it a lot of different things, uh, you know, as far as that goes, but it would be in the area of addiction uh, would be in the area of helping parents. Uh those those usually meet like twice a month. I know in my church it meets twice a month and, and I think that would be a good setting to have uh you know somebody obviously at the helm of that that really, you know, knows what they're talking about. Uh has some training and then uh just walk through that thing, man. Yeah. And have a small group. If that's all you
0: could do in your church just to do that, I think it's huge yeah. Adam. A lot of Twofold. A lot of the churches that, that when when we're talking with us, that I want to partner with us, some of the first questions is, hey, we want to send people, right? We want to send our people. How can we get involved? And we give yeah. them these options. We have so many ways that they can come on site and get involved. That's right. But the resource aspect, uh, you know, uh, adult care groups, I think maybe quote unquote adult care groups, they deal with, you know, certain places they have, adult care groups yeah so not really small groups but like on a certain night of the week they'll have all of these adult care groups meaning you know that loss of a
1: senior kind of
0: no adult. like loss of a child yeah. divorce yeah. groups addiction oh, groups okay. things yeah. like that and we we and actually there's some churches that are, are using our curriculum yeah. for these adult care groups adult care groups that does sound a little but i don't <laughs> know what they call them you know they have different names but uh, we would love that. Could be one of the resources we could we hand you the Lost and Found Recovery in Christ book that right. uh, Bruce Bruce authored and that we're using as our curriculum. Even train your people yeah. how to use yeah. it. So we would, and and this is what we're wanting to get this message out nationwide, right. not because we want to be famous, but because it's the answer to an epidemic. That's right. It's just it's like, an answer it's to simple. an epidemic. Yeah. And so yeah. we we have the resources. We feel the calling of God to get this message. That's that's the reason we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Right? Well, my conversation has been to one of the
1: leaders is the church needs to get ahead of this thing. Yeah. We've all, you know we depend on the government. They have spent they put a bill through recently a few couple a few months ago regarding what they're going to put into the opioid addiction space. And 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 I just want to say our look into some of the recovery centers that's around. It's a big business. Yeah. There's a lot of money being made in that space. And and there are percents of people actually getting free and staying free are very low. And and so, uh, and so there's some good ones out there. I don't want to talk about too bad,
0: but we have the answer. 12%. I, yeah. I, and that's given, them, that's given a lot of grace. 12% yeah. so is what the is national average. We, we've been calling 60%. around. 60%. That's crazy numbers. It's not good enough. It's not right. good enough. But it's astronomical in the industry. Right. Astronomically high of the, the surveys that we've done. We we have a, a documented survey. We could PDF. We'll send it to you. Just, and we obviously we redacted names of the hundred people, hundred plus people we've called who've been out of our program for at least a year. Mm-hmm. And the number comes back sixty percent. We're not happy with that. Even though it's astronomically, it's five times the national yeah. average. Yeah, it really. Is. It's got to get better. And we're putting systems in place. Right. We're we're doing. God's calling us to to get our stuff and better so we could raise that number. And we're doing it. Right. But man, there—that's got to start taking notice, right? Yeah, exactly, got
1: to. exactly. And you know, so so we have—we go back to the church has the answer. That's it. We have the answer, and so we just need a few people that will listen to God, having a heart uh, for this space, and allowing us to just do what we do, yeah. and and to show in your particular church or your community. Uh, how we can help uh you know we've got several resources obviously if if everybody were to call it's listening to the podcast yeah. we probably would have a problem but we believe there's people that will be stirred in their heart to say you know what they these guys are speaking a language that that uh, spiritually I'm hearing and I need yeah. I, I need to do something with this yeah. and so but but the church has the answer That's let's it. get ahead of this thing because the monies that's been allocated to this, this issue to, to date, you, you haven't seen anything yet to what's going to happen moving forward and continually throw money at it, money at it, money at it. And and addiction is too deep for that, man. You need a, you need a cleansing. You need a, yeah. a Christ moment to make that happen and then, and then walk it out.
0: Yeah, and, and I say these, uh, we, we, we shoot these numbers off, you know, maybe every couple episodes, but the most current data we have National data we have about this epidemic is 64,000 people lost their lives to drug overdose. And that's 2016. That's the year 2016. That's the most current data we have. Mm -hmm. In 2017, I'm telling you, Ron, when those stats come out, it's going to be higher. When do those right. actually come out? We won't get 2017's data until December of this year, eighteen. Oh, okay. And so it's just the way the, the corner I mean, yeah. it's a mess. The system's a mess on how to get the data in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I want you to think about something. 64,000 people dying is more than the entire Vietnam War era. 14-year war happened in one year in 2016 because of opiates. Yeah. Think yeah, about wow. that. Think about this epidemic. And 17 will be worse. And so I, w- I want to close with this story. And just a call, a call to the church. Mm-hmm. Ron and I—we're sitting in here, we're, we're doing this—and we just got sent a video, a video of two men going down to the river from S2L. And man, we really try to—we really try to set it up right. We, you know, we, I wanted to be there, Ron wanted to be there, but these guys are hungry. So I want to go. I, I feel called. Mm-hmm. God save my soul, and I want to act in obedience to be baptized. They went down to the river today. And the whole crew, the whole crew went down there, yeah. loaded up the buses, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, and and, so and we saw a video, and one of the guys said this: "I almost died, mm, and yeah. I had no worth." And it even said, "Mama, you're not going to believe. You won't yeah. believe when you see this video. Yeah. What's about to that happen was so to me?" Cool. But I've given my heart to Jesus, and uh. now I know where my worth lies. Yeah, right? yeah. baptized him. Boom! Everyone cheers. The next guy. Was not a believer, right? Never, you know, I think maybe I don't want to put words in his mouth, but just didn't believe. Maybe he was more scientific minded. And a student and a staff member were there just doing a Bible study or something in a, a late night, mm-hmm. Saturday. It was a Saturday night. Yeah. And a student was sitting in there. This student just gave his life to Christ two weeks before, just got baptized last week, and was sitting in this room and helped lead this man to know the Lord, mm. this man who was mm-hmm. scientific minded. That was the other baptism. And guess who got the baptize him, Ron? The student. The student <laughs> in the river. Yeah. And the guy, what the guy said before he was baptized was, man, I was lost. I was so lost. Mm. And this is just a public pro- pro- proclamation that, God, I'm chasing hard after you now. Yeah. And the student that got saved two weeks ago got to baptize him, man. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, put a, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That stuff, I'm getting goosebumps. I mean, I'm fired up about that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. But here's the reality. These guys come to us from all over the country. Yeah, we fail if we don't have them plugged into a church when they return. That's right. So my call to the churches is: these guys, we're going to call. We call the churches when they return. When when you get the message, man, open your arms to these guys. They're just—I mean, just like you would with someone who came and confessed adultery. You open your arms to them. They were in sin. They had idolatry going on, and God saved them. God's renewed them, and they need to plug in. They need discipleship. Mm -hmm. It's got to go further than just the 6, 12, 18 weeks that they're with us. Mm -hmm. The church, open your arms, get them plugged in, right, in the same kind of – That's why these nights of hope, you're going to have boundaries. You need to have boundaries with anyone. Yeah. If it's an adulterer, you're not going to put them in a women's group, you know, or, or, you know what I mean, right? There's different boundaries. But when Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't have the adulterers sit here in one section. He didn't have the thieves sit over here and the liars over here Mm -hmm. and the drug addicts over here. He was, he was speaking the gospel to all, to -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. And man, that's my charge. That's my encouragement church this is this is the problem that we have the answer to and we is in us the church is us ron me you we're right. the church that's right so that's our encouragement do you have any closing words no i just uh,
1: appreciate the opportunity to to come on and and encourage the church cuz i yeah. love 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 the local church i yeah. always have uh, loved the local church and i just let's go let's get after let's these guys let's get in front of this thing And I appreciate you listening. That's
0: it. That's all we got. We love you. God bless. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org.